Thank you, Joanne. Yes, we have known each other for a long time. We've had a lot of experiences together. We've, I don't know how many mission trips we've gone on, but I, I know I've been to like 35 countries in Israel 26 times, and Joanne was along on a lot of them. <laughs> Not sure how many exactly. I've lost track. Praise God. Well, thank you for um, inviting me. I guess both pastors are gone today, so. Um, but you know, life happens. <laughs> Things happen, and we really are praying for Jeanette and her husband, Jean, who's still in the hospital. Pray for her that the doctors would know exactly what to do and heal his body. Um, and pray for Jeanette, too, because she's really, I talked to her just before I left, and she's really worn out um, because she sits with him, you know, all day long and stuff, and so she needs prayer for strength as well. Sorry for sounding all nasally. Ever since we've gotten back from Israel, I've been fighting sinuses and other junk. So <laughs> I felt great on, well, most of the time in Israel, but um, coming home was tough. <laughs> so um, I want to just comment, too. On, oh, yeah, and I want to, you know, my husband, Milt, we just had our 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> He's my, my friend, my lover, my husband. My <laughs> he gets me out of the house on time, and he helps me in so many ways. He's really an awesome dude. <laughs> And I appreciate him very much. Um, I was going to say, just comment on the music. It, it just was, it, um, God just showed me how, I mean, how it is, you know, you talk about the galaxies and the glory and, you know, everything that he's created and the strength and the power and the majesty. And yet he's down here. He's our champion. He fights for each one of us individually. And I just felt like he wanted us to know to, to not give in to fear because fear is not from him. I don't know if there's someone specifically that needs that today, but do not give in to fear. It is not from him, it's from the enemy, and you just, he's fighting for you, and you'll make it through whatever the problem is. Don't give in to fear. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So again, thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm here to to talk to you about the work of Ezra International. I'm very excited to be be representing Ezra. Um, I heard about them several years ago <clears throat> while I was working with other ministries in the work of Aliyah. Aliyah is to help the Jewish people return to Israel from the nations that they've been dispersed to. So about a year ago, I saw an ad um, for to go on a Jeremiah 16:16 fishing trip to Ukraine. And I knew immediately that I was to go. I'd already was scheduled to go to Israel, and of course, you know, I love Israel, but I knew I had to give up the Israel trip and go to Ukraine because they were happening at the same time, and I knew it was important that I go to Ukraine. I have known the call of God in my life to assist the Jewish people in the work of Aliyah since I read a book back in 1987, um, Exodus 2, Let My People Go by Steve Lytle. That book was about bringing the Jews home from Russia. Um, back in the 90s, as you know, thousands of them came after the wall came down. And um, as I read that book, I feel like God ruined me. I'd like to say he ruined me for anything else because he just so absolutely, totally, radically gave me a love for Israel and the Jewish people. It's like I couldn't hardly think of anything else. It's, I can't even explain it. It's just completely a God thing. It's nothing I could work up, um, and, but my heart was changed forever. I remember the first time that we went to Israel, I went with Joanne. <laughs> uh-huh. I felt like I had come home. We spent the first night in Jerusalem, and as we drove out on the bus the next morning to go on tour, I'm sitting in the back of the bus just crying, praying to God, please, please let me come back to, is- to 
Israel again, not just on this trip, but let me come back again to the city. You know, Jerusalem, is God says, is his holy habitation. It's his home. So when you're there in Jerusalem, you're home with, with your father. You know, what better place in the world to be? And so I just prayed, please let me come back again. And I have to tell you that he has honored that prayer. He has, like I said, he's allowed me to go back 27 times. That's pretty awesome. But as we are obedient to fulfill the call, our call that he has put in our lives, and I feel it was a call to work with Aliyah, then he will, gives us the desires of our heart. So we need to be obedient to his call. Um, let's see. Um, I remember watching the movie uh, Schindler's List. How many of you have seen Schindler's List? Awesome movie, isn't it? Of course, you know that he was a, he was a, um, a wild businessman who thought he was going to get rich off the war, uh, quite a womanizer and everything else. But as he saw what the Germans were doing to the Jewish people, he, he realized that he could save them rather than watch them all go into the ovens. And so he uh, had this factory of his, and he basically started buying the Jews from the Germans. He would give them money um, so that they could come and work in his factory, and that way he saved their lives. And I remember at the very end of the war when Schindler is talking to the last of his people in the factory before he leaves, and he says, you know, he's almost in tears, and he said, if only I had sold my car, I could have saved five more. If only I had done this, I could have saved another, or if I'd done that, I could have saved two more. And as I watch that, I think to myself, Lord, at the end of my life, how many Jews will I have saved? What am I going to say to you, Lord? What did, should I not have done or what could I not have done to save a few more Jews? And so I really feel that um, to work with Ezra gives me the opportunity to do that in a greater measure. <clears throat> and I pray that the Lord will touch your hearts today as well. Last July, I was asked to join the team of Ezra International, which witnessed to my spirit. I will be going anywhere in the United States that people will open the doors and allow me to come and speak. It can be a church, a home group, a prayer group, whatever. I'll go and speak to whomever. So in September, uh, we went to Ukraine with our Vice President Barry and Wagner and a team of 13 from the United States. And as I said, Joanne was on the trip, and we had a really great time. So who is Ezra, and what do they do? The ministry of Ezra was founded in, uh, 21 years ago by Mel and Joanne Hazel. Mel is a businessman from Idaho. They began in Ukraine in 1996, and they now work in 20 countries. Ten of them are former Soviet Union countries. Five are Central and South America, as well as Turkey, Bulgaria, Poland, Hungary, and Israel. Since 1996, Ezra has helped over 100,000 Jewish people return to Israel. Just think of that, 100,000. I don't know of any other ministry who has done as much. I really, maybe there is one, but I don't know of them. Um, currently, they are working with over 43,000 more um, in various stages of proving that, to, that they are Jewish and finding their paperwork so that they can go home. When we were in Kiev last year, the secretary said that the names of Jewish people wanting to find their, their uh, birthright are coming in so fast that she cannot keep up with them. The stack on her desk never goes down. And that's just in one office in Ukraine. <clears throat> Ezra works directly with the Jewish agency in each country. The Jewish agency gives Ezra names, or they tell the people to go to the Ezra offices to get assistance. Um, Ezra works with the very poor, who would never be able to do this if someone didn't help them. 
even if they had the money, which they don't, they wouldn't know where to go and find the papers or what to do. In 2017 alone, Ezra helped 4,763 Jewish people return to Israel. That's pretty amazing for one ministry. Um, the majority of those were from Ukraine, 2,641. Russia was 1,481. And Moldova, 156. And the reason I mentioned Moldova is because my family were uh, Germans from Russia. And where they lived at the time they were in Russia is what's now Moldova. So I have a very tender spot for that part of the world. Uh, excuse me, I've got to blow my nose. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, we need to bring as many of the Jewish people home to Israel as soon as possible while we can still fish for them. In Jeremiah 16:16, 16, the Lord says, Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall fish for them. And that's basically what the Ezra people are doing now, is fishing for them, looking for them, finding them. But afterwards, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt for them from every mountain, every hill, and out of the rocks, holes of the rocks. So at some point, it's going to be too late for us to go into these countries, and the hunters will be after them. And it won't be good. We need to work while we can. Already there's a war in Ukraine, and many Jews have had to run for their lives with only the clothes on their backs. Those who can find jobs usually get paid half of what other people get paid if they can find a job at all. Many are very poor and see no future for their children by staying in these countries. This past February, it was four years since the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, annexed Crimea and helped begin a a, uh, rebellion in the eastern part of Ukraine. Since then, 10,000 people have died. 3,000 of those were civilians and the others were soldiers. More than 1.6 million people have been displaced. Aid agencies say that 4.4 million people have been directly affected by continuing hostilities and 3.8 million still need urgent assistance. The world is looking everywhere else except Ukraine, just like they did before the Holocaust began. We need to work now while we can. Before the war, Ezra was helping about 45 people a month from, just from Ukraine alone. Now they help about 245 from Ukraine. <clears throat> and Ezra, we need your help. We need the finances to do the work. The trip last, uh, last year to Ukraine was great. We had 13 people, and we had a lot of laughter, but we also had a lot of tears as we went and visited the Jewish people. Uh, we would, we, each day we would go out and visit them in their homes and just be able to pray with them and bring them um, either money or food or whatever. We'd bring them things and, and just to let them know that they're not forgotten and that they're loved and ask them about where they are in their journey of getting their paperwork to return. One lady that we visited in Odessa, she was suffering with bone cancer. It was really very sad. She was just lying in her bed. It was just her and her husband in a small little um, apartment or house. And she was in an extreme amount of pain. Uh, the cancer had begun in her uh, female organs and moved into her bones. And so this shoulder of hers was kind of deteriorating. Was, she was in a, a, a lot of pain. And she already had her paperwork to prove that she was Jewish, but she <clears throat> had to have a doctor actually fly with her to Israel before she could leave. And they had to find a place for her in Israel. So Ezra International paid the $1,000 for the doctor to fly with her. 
and Israel had, um, when she landed in Israel, there was an ambulance waiting for her at the airport, and they took her straight to a hospital and began giving her treatment. Um, the last we heard, which has been a while now, she was improving, and it'll be good to catch up again when we, I'm going again in September, and so hopefully I'll get some new stories and see some new things. So <clears throat> another lady we visited in Kiev, uh, 70-year-old Anna. Uh, she was losing her vision. She was losing her hearing. She lived all alone in a, a small apartment in, a, in an old Soviet, they call them Soviet uh, apartments or Soviet buildings. They're 13-story um, brick apartment buildings where they moved all the people in 70 years ago where they wanted to be able to control them. Um, a lot of times the elevators don't work. Sometimes they have heat. Sometimes they have, have um, uh, electricity. It just really, uh, you know, it depends. <clears throat> Nothing is real secure. Well, her rent is $50 a month. Her pension is $50 a month. So what do you do? Do you pay rent? Do you buy groceries? Do you get medicine? What do you do? So what ends up happening is the people, they have to live, and so they end up owing the government for their rent. And so before they can ever leave, Ezra pays off their debt to the government because they can't leave without being paid. And so that is one of the things that Ezra does for them. Um, so there's so many more stories like that. Um, there's the people are really in need. There are some families who, you know, their children just, they know that they're not going to have a future and they want to get them home to Israel. <clears throat> so each, um, Ezra has a staff in each of the countries and there are local people so that they can, um, you know, they know the language, they know that, you know, how the, what the living is like and they know the way around. And so they work with the individual people to get their papers to prove that they're Jewish. Many of them need to get passports. Um, the workers bring them food or clothing or do whatever they need. Some of the people have to actually go to different countries to find their, their, um, their information so that they can uh, make Aliyah. And Ezra takes them to wherever they need to go, even if it's to another country. Um, I'll read a report here in a minute where they, uh, just a little bit of uh, how they report what they were doing. Um, <clears throat> Ezra has a small van in each of these countries because they, are, they take care of the transportation for the people. They take them wherever they need to go to other cities or countries. And once um, all of the paperwork is completed, um, they take them to the airport. Some of the drivers have had to actually, um, some of them have been shot at. Um, others have had to sit at a, at a crossing at a uh, uh, checkpoint for 13 hours. And, you know, they don't, have, uh, they don't have gas stations and rest areas and stuff like we do. They don't, you know, they don't have convenience stores and whatever. So can you imagine sitting at a, at a checkpoint for 13 hours? Um, you need to go to the bathroom. You need to eat. You know, what do you do <laughs> for 13 hours? Uh, so you see that the, you know, that's very difficult for the people over there. The staff in Ukraine are very wonderful people. We can, the ones we met, you could just see the love on their faces that they have for the Ukrainian people. You know, they hug on the children. And, and I remember the one worker, she was, li you know, little Anna that I told you about. She was just hugging on her and kissing her cheek and encouraging her and, you know, just doing whatever she could to make her feel comfortable. Many of the workers have been with Ezra almost from the beginning, anywhere from um, 15 to 20 years. One lady in particular, she's Jewish herself. She's been with Ezra 20 years. But she's so good at finding uh, the documents that they don't, they don't want her to leave. She helps other people find their documents. So um, Ezra calls her the queen of Alia. 
and she's a very precious woman of God. She's just a sweet little old lady. She's full of energy and fiery and uh, just an awesome lady. Um, so I was so impressed with the workers. They, like I said, they're very precious, and they, you could tell that it's, to them it's a ministry, it's not a job. Um, and so in my eyes, that gave Ezra even more credibility because the, the, the workers are loving what they do. Uh, and it feels really good to be part of this ministry. I'm going to read just a couple of little reports um, that came from headquarters, and these are directly from the people out in the field um, telling us what they do. Return to Israel is like a river which is growing in strength, and many streams are becoming deep and full-flowing. Some families, when they begin to prepare for Aliyah, are actually reviving from ashes and arising. Even faces and eyes are becoming alive. Victoria was orphaned when her parents divorced and divided their two daughters among them. The father was, took the elder daughter and left for Israel in the 90s, while Victoria was left with the mother. The mother died when Victoria was only 14 years old. She was almost illiterate, and she lived in hostels. <clears throat> the father was looking for Victoria at their former address, but they weren't there any longer. So he began to search on the Internet for over four years, and finally the neighbors helped them to find her. Victoria could not get permission to return for a long time. She needed to find more documents. But now her, fi- her family is reviving, and everything is fine. So we can't stop thanking you for the archive where we can find documents. Um, when we were there uh, last September, we were told that the pr- new president of Ukraine, um, was, who is sympathetic to the Jewish people, had just opened the archives. The archives where all the records are, or many of the records are for the Jewish people, were locked for years, and so they couldn't get at them. And this president has opened them, and so many more of the Jewish people are able to find their records. And so this lady said she's just praising God for the archives where they can find documents which should have been destroyed a long time ago. This month is quite unusual. There's a lot of snow and there were many car accidents along the way. But praise God, our people were able to get to their flights and the flights were successful. The Lord continues to show people their Jewish roots. Thank you for your prayer support. It's very important to us. Um, Prayer really is very important. None of this could happen without it. So you can see some of the things that... I'll just read one more here. Um, God, is good, God is good and mercy is forever. It never fails to amaze us what the Lord is doing for his people. In November, a family of five from the uh, Marapul addressed us to say they needed help. We met with them, brought them to the consulate. The council required extra documents, but it was difficult to get them in Donetsk. Now, Donetsk is in the war area, be in the Crimea. So it's very difficult for our people to get over there to get things. Our team began to pray and move in faith. We sent a request to the Red Cross through the office in Moscow, and when we got an answer there, it was not, um, there was not the necessary information we needed. Um, so anyway, they, they went on and did other things, and finally uh, they sent a request to Donetsk Archive, but they rejected it. So they contacted a lawyer, and finally the grandmother's birth records were released, and the certificates came from the Red Cross. So I'm reading this so you can see they have to you know, take one step after another. If one thing doesn't work, they try something else, and they just have to keep working all these different areas. So really, prayer is so important because they, they need to have the wisdom to know what to try next. So the family called me, and they are very happy and thankful, praising God for his mercy and his love to his people. We see how the Lord is gathering his people. It really is awesome how God is bringing them home.
Um, so you can see there are many obstacles that the workers have to go through. So you might be wondering, why do we do this work? Well, there are many scriptures in the Old Testament that tell us that God is bringing his Jewish people back from the nations that they've been dispersed to. Um, this work is called Aliyah, which means to go up or to ascend. Aliyah is the immigration of Jews from the diaspora. That's the nations where they've been dispersed. Back to the land of Israel. It also defines the act of going up, that is, towards Jerusalem, making Aliyah by moving to the land of Israel is one of the most basic tenets of Zionism. Uh, The state of Israel's law of return gives Jews and their descendants automatic rights regarding residency and Israeli citizenship. The Israeli government wants their people home, and they do all they can to absorb them into the country. Um, they have language classes, and they f- help find them places to live. Excuse me. In Isaiah 43, 5 through 6, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, which is Russia, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. God is asking the Gentiles to help in this work. Isaiah 49:22 states that, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand in an oath to the nations, and that means us, and I will set up my standard for the peoples. They shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. There are many more scriptures like that, and I printed out, uh, there's a list back on my table that has some of them, but there are even many more than what I have on that. You can take a copy from the back. So why is God doing this, and why do we, Ezra International and other ministries, take part in this work? Not for the Jewish people necessarily, and not for us to make us feel good, but it's for the sake of his holy name. One of my favorite scriptures is in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-two through 32. I'd just like to read that for you. <clears throat> Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned at their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take a heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your forefathers." You shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields so that you need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Not for your sake do I do this, thus says the Lord. This is God's will. It's his plan. As long as the Jewish people are in the nations to which God has dispersed them, they are profaning his name. 
He promised the land of Israel to the Jewish people as an everlasting covenant. He gave that promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and on through the generations as an everlasting covenant. It's not a, a now, you know, for a little while when somebody else wants a land, but it's forever. When they're not in the land of Israel that he gave them, they defile themselves and follow the ways of the nations in which they live. He wants them home in Israel. There is anti-Semitism everywhere. And anti-Semitism is not just an attack on the Jewish people, but a direct attack on God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is mocking his faithfulness and his ability to fulfill his promises. Sadly, too many people think that we need to get the Jews saved before they go to Israel. But clearly, God is saying, I will give them a new heart. I will put my spirit in them, deliver them. And now our job is to get them home to Israel, and he will get them cleaned and free. There are many testimony, testimonial videos where Messianic uh, Jews, which means believing Jews, are sharing their experiences, discovering Isaiah 53 and the revelation of Yeshua in this chapter. Now, the Jewish people have um, um, weekly readings that they do, the Torah and the half-Torah, but Isaiah 53 is one scripture or one chapter that isn't in there. And that's because it's obvious that Yeshua is being pointed out, that, you know, it's that he's there. And so in the Jewish readings, they don't get that. But the, uh, some of the Jewish people are beginning to find it and see that truly Yeshua was the Messiah. There is a great movement in Israel, and the Jewish people are realizing that Yeshua is their Messiah. The number of Messianic congregations is growing, and God himself is cleaning them up. I'm going to tell you just one personal story <clears throat> from one of some, uh, some of our trips over to Israel. Joanne and I used to volunteer at an archaeological dig down in the desert, down in the southern part of um, Israel. And we had this um, bus driver. We'd have the same bus driver every year. His name was Asher. And he was a very secular Jew. Um, but yet, you know, Jews, it seems like you can't separate them from God. It's like, even though they're secular, they can be Orthodox, they can be Messianic, but it seems like there's always that connection to God. Um, and so anyway, um, he, would, he, liked, he would, uh, became the caretaker of the place where we would go and volunteer, and, and plus he was our bus driver whenever we came. And he said, you know, I wait for your group to come every year because I see so much love and joy and happiness, and I just can't wait for you to come. And see, we loved him right where he was. We knew he was secular, but we weren't trying to beat him over the head with the Bible and say, you have to be saved. We were loving him. Because I believe it's Romans 11, 11 says that we are to provoke them to jealousy. We're to love them into the kingdom, not beat them over the head with it. So we love them, accept them where they are, and hopefully they're going to want what is in us. And eventually they'll see and desire the Messiah. Well, this one year, there was these two ladies that came to the park, and they were determined they were going to get him saved, no matter what. And so they were just after him and after him and after him. So finally, there's uh, down not too far from where we were, there was an actual um, replica of the wilderness tabernacle, you know, the great big tent with the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. Well, so these ladies took Asher down to see this, the, the wilderness tabernacle, And lo and behold, the lady who was the tour guide that day just happened to be a believing Jew. Praise God. So she, and there was no one else around, so she was able to take him step by step through that wilderness tabernacle. And when she explained all of the different parts of the the tabernacle, you know, the candlesticks and, and the laver and all the things, and she got into the Holy of Holies, 
And for Asher, it was like a light bulb went off in his head. And he said, I get it. I don't have to stop being a Jew to believe in Yeshua. I can still be a Jew and believe. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. And see, unfortunately, we try to make them look like us. We want them to be, you know, we want the Jews to be Christians and worship on Sunday and do what we do and say what we do and act and look like us. Well, that's not the way it is. They're Jews, and we need to allow them to be Jews and believe in Messiah. Praise God. (laughs) You know, Jesus was a Jew. He was a living, walking, talking, breathing word of God, and he was a Jew. You know, we owe the Jews everything. You know, he wasn't a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Norwegian or a German or a, or a Dutchman. <laughs> he was a Jew. And we have to allow the Jewish people to keep their Jewishness. And we, you know, we're grafted into that root. We have the same promises, but we didn't replace the Jews. You know, that there's this root, and Jesus is the root, and we gra- we're grafted into that tree. And we have the same promises as the Jewish people. Yes, some of them have been removed, but it's only so that we would have the opportunity. You know, when the Jews were dispersed to the nations, they took the gospel with them. You know, Paul and the disciples, they went all over and spread the gospel, and that's how we were able to receive it. See, so we owe the Jewish people everything. Everything. Praise God. So God is calling the Jewish people home and asking us, the Gentiles, to take part in this last great aliyah, greater than anything we've ever seen. There are nearly 6 million Jews just in the United States alone. Uh, that number is actually, there's actually more Jews in Israel now than in than the United States. Praise God. <laughs> I, I think the last number I read, there's about 8 million now. Praise the Lord. And we're helping bring them there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, but you know, there's going to be a, a really great exodus because there are so many people, there's 6 million that they know are Jewish, but there's a lot of people in the United States who don't know they're Jewish. You know, like my family, Germans from Russia. We believe many of, uh, of the Germans from Russia probably have a Jewish heritage. And there's also a lot of Mexican people as well. A lot of them coming up from Mexico, you know, because when um, they were dispersed from Spain, they went to the Americas and some have come up. And there's many of them in, in South America and Mexico who are Jewish too. And most of them don't realize that they are. So there's going to be a tremendously huge... Uh, <clears throat> Alia taking place. <clears throat> this is why Ezra has taken up the, the work of helping the Jewish people from the nations to go home and to make Alia, to ascend to the home that God has promised them. And when God makes a covenant, it's everlasting, forever. God is not a man that he should lie, and he, if he won't keep his covenant with the Jewish people, how can we trust him to keep the promises he's made to us? Well, we can trust him, and he does keep his promises. Okay, we're going to watch a short little DVD. Josh, if you want to turn, I think we stop at about 11.06 or 7, something like that. Uh, This is um, an Ezra International um, DVD. Uh, Barry Wagner, our vice president, he does um, TV shows. I think you can catch him on God TV, in fact. And so we're just going to watch a little bit of that.
Today I'm in Caesarea, Israel, on the beautiful shores of the Mediterranean Mary Sea, Wagner. in the ancient Roman amphitheater. As I walked into this place, I began to think about how the Romans tried to destroy the Jewish people 2,000 years ago. And yet, where are the Romans? They're not here. Many other cultures tried to destroy the Jewish people, but where are they? They're not here. But I'll tell you who is here. The Jewish people are here. And they're here in greater numbers than ever before in the history of Israel. And that's because they're coming home in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. 2,700 years ago, the prophets declared that the day would come when God would gather the children of Israel from all the nations and bring them back into their own land. However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when men will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, that's Russia, and out of all the countries where he had banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave their forefathers. The state of Israel is very much alive, fulfilling God's prophecies. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, over two million Russian Jews came to this country from the land of the north. However, for several thousand Jews who lived in the former Soviet Union countries, it would have been impossible to move to Israel without the help they received from Ezra International. For 20 years of its work, Ezra International has made a way for over 100,000 people to move to Israel. Celebrating their 20th anniversary of ministry, Ezra's team members gathered in Jerusalem. The leadership team and representatives of the fund came from 10 different countries of the former Soviet Union, the United States, Canada, Western and Central Europe, as well as Central and South America. For three days, they were sharing their work experiences, discussing current issues and problems, and praying for their work. What an encouragement to see Jewish families that came to Jerusalem to thank Christians for their help. Just three months ago, this family lived in Kiev, Ukraine. The Rabinovich family came to Ezra's office in Kiev. They told us about their difficult financial situation, that they were unable to collect and pay for all the required documents to leave for Israel. Ezra's employees began helping this young family immediately. At that time, this beautiful couple couldn't even believe that they would be able to leave for Israel yet this year. Ezra organization has covered all-out expenses for the flight, for our accommodation and food. They fully accompanied the application process and provided us with moral and material support. Probably without this organization and without God's help, who has heard our prayers, we would not be able to come here. Due to the help of these people, we begin a new life, and yesterday we received our passports called Taudit Syed. We have already become Israeli citizens. Thanks a lot to all of you for your work, for giving a chance to people like us to come back to Israel, to our historical land, and start our life all over again. Thank you. In this short TV program, we will visit a few Jewish families that just some time ago dreamed about moving from Ukraine to Israel. 
But before they share their impressions with us, let's go back two years ago when these people were still living in Ukraine. Perhaps many of our viewers have seen our previous telecast. In that program, I was talking about a great need of those people who were in the war zone of eastern Ukraine. I met with Jewish refugees brought by the workers of Ezra National to our facility near the city of Nepopetrovsk. This is what the Gayavsky family told me just before leaving for Israel. We are feeling great here. The shells are not exploding here. People are not getting killed. We are feeling calm and safe here. But that place we barely escaped two months ago was a real hell. There's a war. People are dying. Peaceful citizens are being killed there. Houses destroyed. There's a real mess. Recently in Lugansk, we had no electricity, no running water, no products. We were starving for several days. A lot of my friends have died there. A great many of children have died. The war is a horrible thing. I'm sorry. We came here just naked. We brought only those things which we had time to put into our suitcase, documents and some clothes. No money, no means of subsistence, nothing. And now I'm extremely grateful to everybody, from this place many people have been already helped to leave for Israel. Thank you very much for everything. We're sincerely thankful to you. Ezra International, these are the people from God. I'm thankful to the Lord and all kind people who helped us in everything, everywhere. And with all my heart, I want to thank all those people who cared and donated their money so we could begin a new life and could go on living. Who could ever think that we would fight with Russia. That was really terrible. We lived in a 15-story building, and the stoves in our apartment worked from electricity. But electricity disappeared, and we couldn't cook anything. We also had no money, and there were no products in shops. I and my son were starving. We thought we would die of hunger. Our neighbor provided some food for us. So thanks to Ezra organization, what a care. Do you understand? I don't know how I can thank you all. I'm thankful with all my heart. Two years have passed, and I recently met the Gayevsky family in Israel. Unfortunately, Valeri's wife, Svetlana, wasn't at home. She left for Ukraine to place a memorial on her mother's grave, who had recently passed away. Remember me? Yeah. Oh. 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 So nice to see you. I like Israel very much, very much. It's just too hot here. Orange and lemon trees are right under our window. And the apartment. We are so lucky to get this apartment. The landlord is a very good man. Do you know how warmly we've been welcomed here? We arrived at night. All people from our six-story building, 
came down to greet us, except children. They were asleep. There are a lot of children here. Everyone has five to seven children. Ethiopian people also live here. They are very friendly. Everyone says shalom greeting and smiles at you. Ezra helped us very, very much. If there was no Ezra, we would never leave. I just don't have enough words to express everything that these people have done for us, beginning from Lugansk. I barely survived in Lugansk. When a bomb or a missile hit the house next to mine, it was like a sign from above, and I realized, it was time to leave. That's why coming here, I don't regret about what has been left out there. I had an apartment in Lugansk. My wife had a house in a suburb, that was bombed and looters stole whatever was left from there. Now our children live here, our family is here, and Israel has become our home. I would like to thank you. I would like to thank Ezra. And I want to thank all American people who made everything possible so that Russian-speaking Jews would feel themselves at home here. I am very thankful to you. And please send my greetings to all American people. American people. Since the war in eastern Ukraine has been raging for over two years now, the demand upon Ezra National to help these war refugees has increased tremendously. It's a big job, but our God is bigger. And you can be such an important part of that through your prayers and through your financial giving. The work we're doing, we could not do without your help. So we want to encourage you to go to the telephone, pick it up, Dial that toll-free number on the bottom of the screen and make the largest gift possible. You can give a gift on your credit card. You can give a gift on our website at www.ezrainternational.org. But the demand is great. It really is. It is a big demand, but our God is bigger. And uh, we want to thank you, those who have stood with us in the past for all these years, and those who uh, will be making your first gift to Ezra International. Keep in mind that no gift is too small or too large, but without you, we can't do what God has called us to do. So again, let me thank you on behalf of the Jewish people that are waiting to go home and will go home because of you. Thank you and may God richly bless you is my prayer. You can stop there. So you can see the more of the need in um, Ukraine and other nations. Um, I know many of the prayer requests when they come in from the workers in the field, they're asking for prayer for safety in their nations because, like Uzbekistan and you know different ones, it's um, you know not safe for them there either. So it only takes three hundred and sixty dollars to take to bring one person home to Israel. Just think of that. How inexpensive. You know, there's some people who spend more than that in a month on uh, Starbucks coffee. <laughs> you know, so um, but. So there's um, no gift is too great or too small, as Barry was saying. And I'd just like you to prayerfully consider giving to the work of Ezra. Um, As you give to this ministry, you're fulfilling the Isaiah 49 scripture. 
Thus says the Lord God, they, the Gentiles, shall bring your sons in their arms, and their daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. In Genesis 12, 2, 3, God does say, I will bless those who bless you, and those you curse I shall curse. Well, in giving to the help of Ezra and to the Jewish people, we are blessing Uh, We are blessing the Jews, and God will bless us. And, of course, we don't do it just to receive a blessing. We do it because we love God, and we love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Jewish people are the apple of his eye. So do we have any questions before I finish up here? Anyone have a question? Going once, going twice. (laughs) All right. Um, I know that Josh had mentioned that uh, you were going to take an offering, and I, what I would, what I do, um, I think you were given these brochures when you came in. Does everyone have one of those? Um, I'd, we, uh, everything goes to the to the uh, to Alia. Everything that is given in the offering today will go directly to the work of Alia. Um, and so, in the inside, there's this card. Here's my gift card that's in the inside there. Um, so at the top there, if you want to put your name and address, um, oh, you will, if you put your name and address, you will receive a, um, a newsletter. They only come out four times a year. They're like this. They're not very large, so we're not going to overwhelm you with stuff. It's just going to be a brief newsletter to let you know about what's going on in the different nations of the world. Um, if you would like to be a prayer partner, if you would please put in, uh, check that box where it says, um, I would like to be a prayer warrior for the work of Ezra International. Uh, when you do that, put in your email address, and once a week you will receive um, like a two-page prayer request. So each day of the week there will be a request. I'll just read one of these that is um, from one of the workers in Israel, I mean in the um, in the nations, in Moldova, please pray for the family of Oksana D. The whole family were traveling to their car, in their car, and ended up in an accident. All four of them, parents and two children, are in the hospital. Please pray for them to recover following this accident. Praise the, praise the Lord for the seminar which we had on June 3, together with the Jewish agency. So those are the kinds of, they're just short little prayer requests each day of the week. Uh, so that's what you will receive um, by email if you choose to be a prayer partner. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the next one is if you want to give a one-time special gift, just check, put a check mark there. Um, also, there is you can be a monthly supporter. Um, we need really need monthly support so that we know we've got a certain amount of income coming in to continue to do the work. And as I said, if you give thirty dollars a month in a year, you've given three hundred and sixty, which is enough to bring one Jewish person home. And, of course, 720 would bring a couple. So um, if you would just, you can use your credit card if you'd like. You can give a check. If you are writing a check, make it out to Ezra International, and it'll all go directly to them for the work of Alia. Um, or you can give cash. So um, if we would, we'll just give you a few minutes. Um, why don't we just pray? Uh, Father God, we just thank you for Ezra and the work that they are doing in the nations. Lord, we thank you that we can touch the apple of your eye, that we can be a support and a, and a blessing to your Jewish people around the world. So many of them are so poor, Lord, that they live in very poor living conditions, uh, not able to get jobs, um, not having transportation. And Father, we just um, uh, lift up all of those needs, and we just ask for your hand of blessing upon them. And so now, Lord, as we 
uh, as we seek your face and ask for what you would have us to do, Lord, I uh, just pray that you speak to each person um, and give them, uh, let them know, Lord, and give them uh, your peace and provide for them financially as they give. We give you all the glory and the honor in the precious name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Check. Yeah, Ezra International. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a few um, uh, pro- uh, products to sell back on my table and a few pictures, so you can go back there. Um, also, Barry's book is back there um, for $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, you send it to, wait, let's see, on the back of, yeah, it's Ezra, let me see. Yeah, yeah, send it there. Yes. Okay, well, with that, um, if there is anything else, any other questions, as I said, I've got a few things for sale, and I'll be back at the table if you have questions. Praise the Lord.